Welcome back to The Real Screeners, and in this show, we're gonna relate some of our favorite childhood movies, and what better way to spend your time in quarantine than re-watching movies that helped you find your happy place as a kid. Welcome back to the show, everybody. And for those of you who are tuning in for the first time, we are The Real Screeners, and my name is Beto, and this is my co-host, Lenny. And we offer analytical takes on movies. We cover an array of movies from the summer blockbuster and the big action flick, all the way to the small indie film and even award-winning movies. And then we rate them using our real rating system, five reels being the maximum rating. You gotta be real good to get those five reels. That's that's right, we consider those classics, right? Okay, so just giving you guys an idea of what the format's gonna be, we're gonna go ahead and start from number 10 all the way down to number two, then inject our honorable mentions because I tell you what, this was a hard list to make, so many hard cuts, and then after that, we'll go ahead and give you our top pick. That's right, do you wanna talk a little bit about your criteria in choosing your movies? Okay, yeah, so you know, these films weren't so much movies that were you know the best critically acclaimed. Uh, some of these may have been cult classics, some of these, were you know big blockbusters and all that but this, these were movies that were near and dear to me and that I found myself watching over and over and over again. I found myself choosing movies that you wouldn't necessarily expect on a list of your favorite childhood movies right. even. And, and, you know? and a lot of these will be drawn from the 1980s, 1990s. Uh, some of these movies may not appeal to younger audiences. That's because right. Because these were you know stories from a different time, simpler times, and with maybe a different style of comedy. Yeah. But I Well, would, I mean, we grew up in the 80s and, and the 90s, 90s, right? You know, and, so. So, and so my list will be more <clears throat> tailored toward movies you, I guess nowadays would be considered acceptable to show your kids, but you said you might have one or two that are like, hmm. Yeah, yeah. I saw some some R-rated films when I was <laughs> young uh, over and over again. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, so I'll let you know that I did leave Terminator 2 and Spaceballs off of my list, even though I watched those a lot as a kid. Drum roll, yes. <laughs> yes, a little bit. Okay, so my number 10 is the original, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, man. From 1990. Yeah, that man. My mind, that's such a good one. Cowabunga, dudes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the, the thing about the Ninja Turtles, man, is that I was pretty much obsessed with them. I had Ninja Turtles action figures. I had Ninja Turtles costumes for Halloween. Uh -huh. Their language became part of my vernacular. The camaraderie between the four and how each of them have their own distinct personality. Yep. And together they make a great team, you know, mm -hmm. like one's the leader, one's the party animal. The other one kind of has like anger management issues a yeah, little bit. One's and like the scientist or tactician exactly Donatello, right yeah. right and you know martial arts and and pizza loving there's so many things to love about the quirkiness of the ninja turtles of course there's some good messages in there about acceptance and tolerance and yeah. friendship and all that good stuff i was into the ninja turtles and it was very yeah. quotable right i mean absolutely now absolutely. i will finish what i begin with your ear <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate the costumes and the puppetry which made it look real. Sometimes it looks more real than CGI, you know? I and for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and it was really clever the way that they combined the, the animatronics and the puppetry in the movie. It was by Jim Henson. Good stuff. And uh, good stuff, yeah. You're number 10. All right, so I will say that my number 10 has some of those elements. So you're talking about puppetry and animatronics. I will go to a 1986 classic starring one 
beautiful Jennifer Connelly. And when I was a kid, I was like, oh my gosh, this is the most attractive woman, you know, I've ever seen. And it was a <laughs> gripping story. Had David Bowie. I'm sure a lot of you can put those pieces together. Classic. It is Labyrinth. Yes, classic. Loved that movie. Watched it over and over and over again. And I just remember, you know, so much of the scenes where she had to, you know, solve these puzzles. She had to go through the labyrinth and, and figure out, well, had to be told that, wow, you know, it's not just a straight line, you know, you right. have to look a little closer. And so that type of creativity and imagination really appealed to me as a kid because it was really thinking outside the box. Then, of course, you had the songs, the classic songs from David Bowie. Right, right. The Goblin King. Yes, the Goblin King. Yeah, a yeah. Goblin Babe. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so that's my number 10. Love that movie. Absolute classic, man. Good choice. Okay, so on to my number nine. Mm-hmm. I have the never-ending story from uh... 1984. <laughs> I mean, you know, I was born in 1983, so I obviously saw this when As a I one-year-old, was... yeah, of course. Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yes, no. I, I, I saw it when I was fairly young. Um, I was surprised to learn that it was directed by Wolfgang Peterson, who directed Das Boot. I, I, I never would have thought. This is like one of those all-time fantasy quest films. If you were to break down a film and go over archetypes, this is like the perfect movie. I love the story within a story aspect of the right. movie, where he's reading the book and it comes to life. And and I love what the movie says about the power of imagination and 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 the the villain being the nothing, the right? Nothing. This idea of like nihilism and like you know not having imagination and how important reading is and, and yes. feeding that. I really love that about the movie. I, I love the characters. I love Atreyu. I love Bastion and uh, some memorable again puppetry like Falcor, the the luck, the luck dragon. dragon. Yes, I, uh, I love that. <laughs> I like how you mentioned the aspect of imagination because to me that was kind of the hallmark of the 1980s and to an extent the 90s. You know, this period of time where a lot of these movies relied on imagination and creativity because you didn't have TikToks and YouTube feeding you what you know they want you to think is what you should be imagining right. and letting your imagination right. run away with exactly then. yeah my number nine is a holiday classic let's see if you can guess which one it is I, I think i can guess go ahead is it home alone did you look at my paper i did not cheater man i did not you're a screen watcher what other movie would you want to watch in your childhood than home alone as a holiday classic tell elf? me tell or me some people who like elf. elf come on that's we were adults when elf came I out know, but some kids like elf <laughs> all right my niece loves elf okay so <laughs> home alone 1990 classic extremely quotable this out you know, this outlandish idea that some kid by himself can ward off these home invaders you know but it was funny it's so such funny. an ingenious idea yeah my you my, know my kid he's he's six and he will watch that over and it's his favorite movie easily so yeah that's my and, and, nine. and macaulay culkin is so likable in the role and the movie is surprisingly funny throughout very clever the way that he manages by himself while yeah. he's left alone you know and all the inventive things that he does like ordering the pizza and you know showing the video and making it loud and all of that stuff so and the booby traps yeah. and yeah just a timeless classic good choice sir all right so my number eight you know this is not a ch- ch- a, a child movie but i watched it a lot when i was a kid hellraiser it it, <laughs> it really uh it really spoke to me because i think that it was my first glimpse i guess at what it was like to maybe transition into adulthood and as a kid you sometimes have this desire to you know say that oh i can't wait to grow up i can't wait to, to experience that to be bigger exactly it's a fun film it has one of my favorite actors of all time and in a great performance by tom hanks 
Banks. It is big, uh, 1988 big. You can't beat that scene in the uh, toy store where they they play uh, they play uh, chopsticks and uh, Heart and Soul, I believe it's called. Yeah, and um, I that's a that's a timeless classic mm-hmm. scene. But again, a movie that really shows you uh, what it takes to be an adult and how hard it can be for a kid. You know, highly underrated movie when it comes to that theme. You know, of, yeah. of realizing that hey, enjoy being a kid and don't yes. don't don't rush to, it. Don't rush it. Don't yes. rush it. You know, enjoy it because then you got to work and you got to mm-hmm. navigate relationships, relationships <laughs> yeah. in general, all around. And yeah, moving to my number eight is a movie that's rated PG. I kind of felt like it should have been maybe PG thirteen. This was a movie that I bought on VHS, and guys, I watched this every single day over and over again. Okay. Oh, I'll give you a hint. It included dip. The dip. Oh my God! It's dip. <laughs> Eddie, <laughs> do you remember me when I killed your brother? Yes, we're talking about Who Framed Roger Rabbit. Robert Zemeckis, right? Yeah, and who? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who has not seen that movie? Who did not love that movie for all the different cartoon characters that were in God, there? God, Patty Cake, uh, Patty Cake, Jessica you know? Rabbit. Uh. Yeah, it, it it really kind of walked the fence of <clears throat> of a lot of innuendos and an adult movie. You know spun with some cartoon characters. you know there are there are some very adult elements in that movie for yes. sure from the from the stogie and the cigar that the baby yeah. smokes there's there there there's yeah and then just a bit. rabbit you know um kind of just a little suggestive i was scared honestly by uh, the transition of christopher lloyd oh yeah into the cartoon at the end of the movie and he has that like chainsaw for oh, a yeah. hand i it freaked me out when one, i was a kid best roles for sure everyone rem- oh, yeah. remembers him for back to the future but this was a classic for sure absolutely yes Good choice. All right. So uh, you will not believe what my number seven is. This is the moment I've been waiting for. Okay. <laughs> so this is an R-rated film. Um, <laughs> I... <laughs> I saw this so many times and I remember my grandparents and my parents showing this to me. I was maybe 10 or 11. I was like, hey, um, I I, I heard about a a trilogy or or actually back then, I don't think it was a trilogy yet, but I heard about some movies called Alien Aliens. And and, and I really, do you think I'm too little to watch it? And they were like, nope. And I was (laughs) like, okay, all right. Well, then here we go. I have Aliens the sequel in my number seven spot 1986 mm-hmm. james cameron memorable quotes game over man game over you know hudson bill paxton They're inside the room yeah great characters like hudson and hicks and vasquez and then of course an academy award nominated yeah. performance by sigourney weaver she carries that movie so well you have that climactic battle between of course the alien mm-hmm. queen Which and she famously says get away from her you Bitch. Talk about a com- a perfect combination of like heart pounding thrills and horror and and action. You know the perfect blend in my in my eyes. That's one of my favorite movies of all time, actually. So yeah, I love that movie, man. I totally agree. Okay, going down from ten, nine, eight down to my number seven movie, which I'm sure is in your top five, if not maybe your top three. It is a 1985 classic that is supremely quotable i can guess it even kids who i'm I'm sure i said the date right (laughs) even kids who probably haven't seen the whole movie can quote at least one or two lines from this 
Hey, you guys. guys. <laughs> it oh is my the God. Goonies or Goonies. Yeah, I mean. Well, you know what, man? That is my number six, actually. In some people's Phoenix. eyes, the ultimate coming-of-age story. You know, you have these kids who, you know, they're grouped together and they do kid stuff. And then suddenly they're thrust into this treasure hunt and they come face-to-face with some real-life robbers. And so they have to make hard decisions. And it is like running for your life. But at the same time, it's there's so much levity in it. You know, yes. it's some silliness. Yes. Kookiness, you know, with data. It's and funny. Yeah. The kids. Josh Brolin as a teenager. Great actors, right? Some of them came to be uh, yeah, adult Sean actors. Aston. Like, yeah. yeah, and Josh Brolin, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, pirate lore. Uh, yeah, yeah. And and booby traps and like just <laughs> plays on all of your childhood desires, right? Like the sense of adventure doesn't get any better better than in the Goonies. Right. There's so many scenes you can you can call back from this. I remember that scene where Corey Feldman was telling the Latina maid where everything was and he was like telling her where the drugs were and all that La cocaína está en el primer cajón <laughs> Siempre hay que separar las drogas <laughs> Yeah, no, I, you know I, I did not know that the screenplay for The Goonies was written by Chris Columbus who directed Home Alone and directed okay. the Harry, the first two Harry Potter movies, man Oh, wow, um, And uh, the story was by Spielberg, of course so there's some Spielberg yes. magic in there in the Goonies. Ruth, Rocky Road. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. your number six, sir. Okay, so my number six, actually, I'm gonna I'm gonna cheat a little bit. Okay. okay. So my number six is part of a franchise. It's the first part of a franchise okay. that captured me as a child. And again, another movie where I watched over and over made me feel like I could be a superhero. You wanted to guess as to what my number six is? I really don't know, man. Tell me. Tell me. He's an alien. He's an alien? Oh my god, enemy mine? That, that <laughs> fights for truth, justice, and the American way? Cocoon. <laughs> Mighty Mouse. Captain Caveman. <laughs> no, it is Superman. The Christopher uh, Reeve Superman from 1978 yes. and 1980 parts one yes. and two. Margot Kidder was yes, his name? Yes, Margot Kidder played yes. Lois Lane. God yes. rest their souls gene you know? hackman yeah I mean, so yeah. so much i mean i'm not gonna go over superman everyone knows superman but of course you have uh, another john williams classic score oh god yes that uh, yes. as a kid i kind of confused with star wars but because they were both great do not underestimate the power of john williams yeah fantastic yeah. guy so superman yeah. wanted to still better for me than uh, the man of steel and anything else that's, oh yeah i think that christopher that. reeves performance is spot on like i i i <laughs> He's he's in my mind the most memorable Superman for yep. sure. A movie that that has a great opening sequence. It's one of the most memorable things about it. The whole Marlon Brando opening. Yes, um, and part is one great. spent a lot of time with characterization and got you to understand why you know he's the Boy Scout that he is, and I appreciated that. Yes, good choice, sir. My number five. Uh, you already mentioned on your list. Okay, it is a Christmas classic. It is Home Alone by Chris Columbus. I'm not gonna say much more because we've already covered good ground with Home Alone. Mm-hmm. I will add that one of the things that I loved about Home Alone is John Candy coming in oh, to yeah. help out the Catherine O'Hara character who plays uh, you know, the kid's the mom. mom and their venture back home. I like the way that those scenes were juxtaposed with the other scenes in the movie. You know, John Candy left us too early, so I, know, I, I, I totally agree. My number five uh, is a movie, I'm, I'm really curious to see if you have this 
maybe even on your honorable mention. Okay. It's a movie. Sorry, guys. I just love a buildup. I'm sorry. I, I can't just get straight to the point. It's a movie that's now turned into a series that you love. What do you think it is? A series that I love. It's like a sequel series. A sequel series that I love. God. Yeah, the original had an old man who could catch flies with chopsticks. Oh, God. Cobra Kai. That's right. The Karate Kid. I did You're the not. Best around. <laughs> 1984. And this was, you know, when I was a kid, I was really into athletics and uh, doing a lot of physical things. So I was really into fighting movies and action movies. So when I saw Karate Kid, of course, I was like shadow boxing and air fighting villains and stuff. A very relatable movie that, that's a coming of age story like a lot of these to where I felt like I could relate to him as a kid who you know maybe was picked on a little bit and who could, you know, through the power of waxing on and waxing off, wax on, wax off. Beat anyone. My number four, God, man, I watched this movie so many times. Okay, so this is the movie that spoke to my love for comic book heroes. I loved Marvel. I loved DC. I loved all comic book heroes. And finally, somebody brought it to the screen in a believable way. Michael Keaton, Jack Nicholson, Kim Basinger, Batman, 1989. I yes. love that movie so yeah, much. I love Tim Burton's take on this story by giving it a dark sense of humor, some black comedy interjected throughout. I love the ominous, uh, mysterious tone that he gives it. And Michael Keaton, man, like, uh, I love his take on Batman, his brooding take on Batman. I love Jack Nicholson's Zanny Joker. That's a fantastic movie. So yeah. um, I'm not going to say much about it because it might come up later on my list, maybe. Hint, hint. Yeah. All right. So my number four, which I'm sure is probably your number two, I'm going to guess, is a movie that spurred a franchise that is still going strong. It's a movie that brought dinosaurs back to life. A movie where when I watched it in the theater, it was so packed, I actually had to watch it from the stairs. In the da, 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 That's right, John Williams again. It is 1993's Jurassic Park, still the best out of the franchise. Wait, is that, is that your number four? That's my number one, two, three, four. Yep, that's my number four. Yes. That's my number three. Yeah. So let's oh, kill two birds with one stone. Okay, all right, let's talk about it then. Let's talk so, about yeah, it. Jurassic Park, I mean, back then, uh, the animatronics were mind-blowing. And even then, the CGI for that time was astonishing. Absolutely. You look back at it now, and you can kind of pick out a few things, but just talk about a movie It's that, the first time that they seem real. Yeah. That you believe it. Exactly. Yeah. And, and that, that, that T-Rex scene, one of the things I loved about this movie more than anything was how they built the suspense. You know, they kept you wondering what was going to happen. By where was hiding, by yes. not showing, you know? Yes, the vibration in the water. Yes, yeah, slowly bringing um, it to you yeah and and when they even when they talked about the raptors for example they didn't show you the raptors right. immediately they had a lot of conversations about how aggressive they were right. one of the things that i love about spielberg is that he often places kids in these precarious situations mm -hmm. and that's one of the ways that he builds suspense because of course right? yes absolutely and talk about i mean those are some of the most heart-pounding scenes in the movie right like the kitchen scene for example with mm -hmm. the raptors yeah. <laughs> you know to, to mime it like oh they're trying to pull down the cover yeah exactly <laughs> so revolutionary right yep. period absolutely. okay so you're number three okay my number three is 
a movie that I think was your, was it your number five? It's, it's Batman from 1989. Was that your number five? My number four. Number four. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, so Batman, I can't really say much more than Bethel already has about this movie, but this was a movie where I told you guys how I would watch Who Framed Roger Rabbit over and over every single day. I would watch this after that movie every day and I would fall asleep. <laughs> so I can quote so many lines from this movie. Have you ever danced with, with the, the devil, devil in the pale, pale moonlight? Moon yeah, so much about this movie that, that I loved. You, you talk about adding a, a darker personality to Batman and it showed Michael Keaton in a new light and showed how much range he has because I'll be honest, you know, I, when this movie came out, I was 11 and even then I knew Michael Keaton from a, a slew of movies including Beetlejuice, Mr. Mom and I thought they're gonna get a comedian to play Bruce Wayne and Batman. And he, he blew it out the water and gave me new respect for him. All right. So my number two is a movie that to me really embodies just that sense of wonder and mystery that you have as a kid. It plays on your fears. I love this movie for so many reasons. It's my love of sci-fi and so many timeless classic scenes from the Halloween sequence to the flying bicycles to mm. the way that he frees the frogs when they're about to dissect them at school to the healing powers of our little alien friend to the way that he runs through the cornstalk field and you're like freaking out because you're like I don't know what that is <laughs> and uh, <laughs> honestly this movie really scared me when I was a kid but it also has a lot of heart it has some scary scenes when the government gets involved of course by now everybody should know I hope that I'm talking about Spielberg's E.T. the oh, extraterrestrial I thought, I thought you were talking about Mac and me oh, yeah whatever <laughs> 1982 john williams brilliant score once again et just uh, blew my mind when i was a, a kid you mentioned you know it being it was scary for you you know my wife is scared of that movie she i don't even think she'll rewatch it it freaked her out as a kid. She's like, no, I can't stand that. Movie. Some of the images are pretty startling, especially when the government gets involved, you know, and you really see the ugly side of humanity. The, the way that it interplays between the innocence of the kids and like once the government gets right. involved, it's it's awesome. And, and Spielberg at his best. Can, I Can you can you give us your rendition of E.T. running through the corner? <laughs> I do that pretty well, huh? You sure do, man. I laugh every single time you do that. <laughs> <laughs> My number two is, isn't so much a particular movie as, again, another time I'm cheating. It's a franchise. And it's... I can guess. Arguably the greatest... You're wearing the t-shirt. all time. The Millennium Falcon. <laughs> That's right. Wait, it's, okay. Is it The Force balls. Awakens? Is it The Force Awakens? No. <laughs> Definitely not. Um, the Last Jedi. No, it's uh, Lego Star Wars. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's obviously the Star Wars franchise, which began in 1977. You know, George Lucas bringing us a what they call a space opera, a fantastical thing that no one had really done before, mm. and done it as well to add, you know, to do a perfect mixture of sci-fi and drama. And you have you talk about archetypes. I can't find a movie or a franchise that has more compelling archetypes that than are Star Wars that franchise. are a staple that are a yeah, staple. And, and you talk about the father-son conflict. Well, this is it right here. Unique characters all the way. Mm -hmm. The whole philosophy of the Force and the Jedi, um, mind-blowing. And, yeah, and, and the perfect trio, right? Han Solo, Luke Skywalker, and Princess Leia. Right. Like You could delve into this for so many themes throughout life. Yes. Know? And, of course, I mean, who doesn't want to see people battling with lightsabers and stuff? So. I unfortunately did not have Star Wars on my top ten. 
And that was what a hard decision. You, but you know you? what? But you know what? To be honest with you, I, I, I was already a little bit older when I had my fixation with Star Wars. Okay. I'm a big Star Wars fan, but it wasn't until later. Uh, okay. All right. So before we go into our number one movies, honorable let's go mentions. ahead and throw in some honorable mentions because right. as we said before, we have so many movies. My honorable mentions uh, included uh, Back to the Future. Okay. Although for some reason, I watched Back to the Future 2 so many more times than any of the other ones. But Back to the Future, uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, okay. which you had on your list, mm-hmm. uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Land Before Time, All the stuff, the, yeah. the cartoon you know dinosaur movie, Star Wars, and I just put Star Wars like the original trilogy basically, which I love. Hook, there was something about Robin Williams being in that role that I loved. In tights, um, you just liked him in tights. Absolutely, my favorite. <laughs> Terminator 2 Judgment Day. I know that it's not a child movie, but I watched that. I watched the heck out of that movie. Uh, The Sandlot, The Great Bambino. You got to have that in there. Wendy Peppercorn. Toy Story. Toy Story was the first, you know, Disney computer animated mm-hmm. movie and then i put harry potter in there i was already old when harry potter came out like but, college maybe but i have a deep appreciation for harry potter yeah, it's, it's good stuff it's yeah. well written and yeah okay all right so my honorable mention if you want to think of it as going from maybe like 20 to 11 my number 20 would be 1982's et which i'm sure you're like Boy, how's that not in your top 10? Good. No, I understand why. I understand why. Yeah, it just, it just I'm glad that it's in your honorable yeah, mention. It didn't resonate for me, but I do appreciate it as a, as a well-made movie. Yeah. Okay. After that, going down, it's A Christmas Story, which I can never get tired of that. You know, soap in the mouth and everything. I was never a big fan of that movie. Really? I don't know why. I appreciate it. I, re, I, I recognize it as a classic. I even have a cup with the lamp, the leg yeah, lamp the and leg everything. Lamp. Yeah. Um, but I am not, I would say, a huge fan. From some perspectives, you could look at it as a caution tale for kids mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. okay going down more we've got 1986 stand by me with will wheaton then there's the land before time 1988 glad you have that on another there. coming of age movie that actually made me tear up every single time i watched it when i was a kid then we have all dogs go to heaven with burt reynolds the late burt reynolds and dom de louise another movie again made me tear up at the end uh after that we have big 1988 glad you have that okay going down more we've got 1993's the sandlot chopper sick can't say it (laughs) then we have 1992's aladdin Oh, wow. Yeah. The genie. The genie stole the show. Yeah. And and there's so many songs you you can sing from that movie. Yeah. And then my last two honorable mentions are 1984's The NeverEnding Story, which, you know, I has a a near and dear to my heart. But there were a couple times after watching it where I was like, okay, I'm kind of tired. And then a movie that almost it was so hard for me to pull this out of my top 10. But it's 1987's The Princess Bride. Oh, with Jenna. Yes. (laughs) Jenna. Yeah. My name is Inigo. Montoya, you kill my father. Prepare, Prepare to, to die. die. Another movie that's rich with archetypes. Gotta have sure. that. Oh God, who who says they're number one first? Do you want to say it or you? Won't? Well, I've been going first, so I might as well go with the trend. <laughs> this is actually, I believe, Walt Disney's second feature-length movie after Snow White. 
came out in 1940. The animation in this movie blows me away even to this day. It is hand-drawn animation, but Respect. the details and the shadowing, and I'm, I'm not too into, too much into art, but it, it, it just looks so good after all this time. It's a timeless tale of coming of age. It teaches you so much about the world, and it's, it's a great morality tale for kids. It is Pinocchio. Talk about learning about not lying and and greed and pleasure island and monstro and everything in there it's a movie that i probably it's it's the earliest movie i remember watching when i was a, a wee bit of a kid of, when you were a real boy when i was a real boy <laughs> of like maybe three or four or five okay. you can't go wrong with the disney classic and yes. I, you know i never really grew up watching that so i don't have that attachment but i can see how a movie with all those themes and lessons can yeah totally be your number one for sure so i had a lot of times a movie that i've seen a lot of times and that most of you have seen a lot of times was made in 1985 do you know just say yes or no Okay, you don't know. All right. Back to the future. Okay. <laughs> you know, it, this is a movie that, you know, I don't really pull any major themes out of it as far as, like, how it impacted me. It was just a dang cool movie to watch, man. It was. I mean, who doesn't want to travel back in time and meet their parents in high school? I'm glad I had it in my honorable mention. And, again, it was one of those movies that I came to appreciate later and I saw mm -hmm. so many times. And I love Back to the Future, man. I'm happy you have yes, it as your exactly. number one. Back to the Future. Back to the future man one of the best trilogies of all time and a trilogy that plutonium yeah it didn't part two didn't suck part three didn't suck you know but but part one i mean captures so much of the imagination uh, you go back in time and in one of the first movies that got you thinking well could time travel really happen this way and it's a movie that you know that spurred other time travel movies that refer back to that like the avengers like back to the future that's not how it works you know but yes. uh no, 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 yes and the chem Mystery between Christopher Lloyd and you know Michael J. Fox. Yeah, I even like Crispin Glover as the dad. I think he's really oh, good yeah. in the movie ha. and underrated. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, <laughs> yes, so good for so many reasons. Yeah. yeah, Back to the Future. Please, if you guys have not seen that, you stop what you're doing right now. Turn this off. The entire trilogy. Yes, and go watch that, please. Back to the Future. Go watch it now. Don't forget to look us up on social media. Mm -hmm. We are on Facebook at Real Screeners and Instagram Real Screeners. And as always, don't forget to hit that subscribe and notification and like button. Tune in next time for some more real takes on movies. See ya.